You know what they say. I want to fly sky high. Let's go together. I don't get the reference. That's from Daytona USA. It's one of the songs. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Daytona USA. <laughs> I like Daytona USA. I obviously don't love it as much as you do. Oh my god, I loved it. I got it on the Saturn. I got the horse codes so I could play as a horse. <laughs> There's a statue of Jeffrey McWild on one of the levels. On the level that I was even singing the song from. And Jeffrey McWild is my favorite Virtua Fighter character. So there you go. It all slots together. It definitely does. So I should apologize. Last week I did a lot of explaining about how there was going to be a takeover next week. Oh, did, was that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't off by a week. I was off by two weeks. Takeover isn't on the 13th. It's on the 27th. Because you thought the Royal Rumble was this Sunday. Yes, exactly. You? I right. got everything mixed up. You got everything mixed up. Everything mixed up. Hey, it's cool. We're all chilling. I got my buttons open. <laughs> you have an copious amount of chest hair out in the open. You really got to get a, uh, a nice big gold medallion that leaves green smudges all over your chest. Uh, then um, that's no, you're turning me into a, a stereotype. <laughs> when am I going to go sit, sit on those little fucking cafe tables outside with all my rings and jewelry and put my hair in a ponytail and talk to my like compadres? Yes, Alec, give in, give in. Ugh. No, <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> We're not all Tony Sopranos, okay, asshole? Welcome to What's NXT? The podcast about the best weekly wrestling television show, NXT. I'm Tristan Marsh. I'm Alec Basio. And this is NXT for January 10th, 2018, number 429. Hell yeah. I guess it's the last time I can say it. You gotta. Blaze it. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, you gotta blaze it, right? One last ceremonial blaze it. Yeah, pour one out from up to lazy. I'm not chicken, you're a turkey. Drug dealers, you're dorks, don't even talk to them. How you been since we last talked to you, Alec? Busy, working hard, hardly working, you know, the whole gamut. I'll tell you something, Monday morning kicked my ass. <laughs> we had a fun, a fun time, a fun time wintertime watch party where a bunch of us hung out in my house on Sunday night, you included, watched the entirety of Wrestle Kingdom, ate ton of hebrew national pigs in a blanket oh my god he's hebrew gonna national. complain about I had to this pay extra i had to pay extra he didn't pay extra because he was like my guests deserve the best because i talked whoa, to whoa 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 number one who says regular ass pigs in a blanket aren't the best <laughs> i'm not saying i didn't say that i'm saying they didn't have regular pigs in a blanket if i had generic ones i would have bought that if they had if they had ones with fucking Sami Zayn's wrestler face on them, El Generico's, I would have bought that. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't you were have looking them. for the cheap option. I was because the cheap option is better. I also got pizza rolls so we could feel like children, 
and we got way too drunk. We? I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch, like, Okada Naito, and I'm probably going to have to rewatch Jericho oh Omega. God. Because I was listening to Chris Jericho's podcast this week when he had Omega on, and they were talking about some of their favorite shit. And there was this spot where Kenny climbed up the, a girder and jumped on top of Chris when he had a table on him. Yeah. I don't remember that happening. What are you talking about? We had a conversation about it, you fucking drunk. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I remember some stuff. I remember the camera spot. I thought that was great. I remember the chair, the the, the multiple chair spots, including the one where Chris goes to pick up the, the chair and the seat falls off and he has to put it back on with his hand so he can hit Kenny. I thought that was fucking awesome. I remember that. I remember a ton of stuff, but I don't remember Don getting, I don't remember them jumping out at Cyrus. I don't remember that at all. Do you remember Chris Jericho putting Red Shoe's son? Yes. In yes. The Walls of Jericho? I do. I remember that. It was a lion tamer. Yeah. No, I remember a lot of that stuff, but some of it I don't remember. And the Naito Okada Do you match, remember Naito winning? I have. Naito won. Oh, get the fuck out. I know, because this is the reason why I don't remember that match so much, is because the entire time I was watching your face, you were marking out so hard for that match. I remember you better than I remember that match. You are lucky that I didn't have anything in my hands at the I end know, of that match. I, know. I would have started trashing shit. I was so confident Naito was going to win. That's why I didn't even go out and buy solo cups or anything. Otherwise, I would have bought plastic everything, and I would have put covered things in, like, plastic, because you were going to, like, flip out and destroy my house. There's been an ongoing dispute over who the true Mark is of the two of us. Mm. I think that you mark out more easily, but when I mark out, I mark out harder, <laughs> because... Yeah, that might be the case, yeah. There were a couple of matches that night where somebody won, and you got really bent out of shape about it yeah i remember getting up and walking around when minoru suzuki lost i remember stomping all over my goddamn it's <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> i like minoru suzuki i liked that match but it seemed like there's no way he isn't gonna be the one to the same with will osprey winning the belt no, I was cool with that. I just got annoyed that they destroyed my son in the process. He didn't win the belt. My son Takahashi, I love him. We both wanted Hiromu Takahashi to win, right? I think everybody in the world wanted that. But then when he didn't, I was like, well, yeah, because, you know, they've been telling this story where Marty always wins if he's fighting Will Ospreay. So, you know, this is the kind of like WrestleMania moment of also, Wrestle Kingdom. Also, I can't Kingdom. be mad at Ospreay for winning. He's amazing. I was able to rationalize everything up until that final match, and that was the match that I fucking cared about. And yeah. Naito lost, and I was like, this is a fucking injustice. Something needs to be done. I also thought I was spoiled for that match. This is, this is how I get spoiled for everything. I'm watching YouTube, and I'm listening to fucking wrestling theme songs on YouTube because I'm a dum-dum. <laughs> well, when I do the dishes and shit, I like to hear... Uh, Minoru Suzuki's theme song when I'm doing the dishes and and other of course who like doesn't that. yeah and so I'm looking at the next upcoming video and the title is Chris Jericho attacks Naito and I'm like fuck so I like fucking got out of that I, I canceled out of that but I saw that before we watched the fucking Wrestle Kingdom I didn't know it was New Year's Dash 
I thought it was going to be on Wrestle Kingdom. So I thought Naito was going to win, and as he was holding the belt, Jericho was going to come out. So in a way, I was a little bit deflated before the match even started. Fucking shame on me for listening to Pete Dunne's theme song. It was that. <laughs> that was the one. Of course Pete so Dunne good. screwed you. Yeah. Well, he I mean, screws I'd everybody. Him. I'd let him. Hell. <laughs> Pete Dunne's the best. <laughs> before we get on to the episode this week, do you want to talk about some bullshit? Yeah, let's. Did you watch Raw this week? No. Raw is the one with Samoa Joe on it, right? Yeah, and he's out. I heard... I, fucking hell. Are you kidding me? I've listened to some of his promos recently. Jesus Christ, the guy who is about to become... What the fuck? I'm going to kill you right now. Why? Because new news has just dropped from pwinsider.com uh-huh page yeah she, she likely will never wrestle again for the wwe these guys gotta watch it and joe was the one i knew about because joe was the one i mean Paige. i thought we we heard about didn't we talk about that like last week yeah but last week it was she isn't gonna wrestle for a while today it's she's not wrestling ever again no it didn't fool me because they i heard it was a neck thing anything with the neck are you kidding me? It took her a year to come back from that last one. There's no way a second one. She's never going to do it again. That sucks. Hopefully she gets like a lot of royalty money out of that movie. And like, I don't know. Or like trains people. She's good. I mean, a lot of people are saying manager, hype person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great on the mic. It's really good that they've been sinking the rest of Absolution even while she's been gone. So there's a real strong core to that team. Yeah. And then Sonya Deville is going to come back to NXT to see Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Who's already doing what she used to do. 20 a million times, times better. better. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which Holy we'll shit. talk when about we get later. Into that, yeah. When we get into that match. Fuck. Did you watch SmackDown? No. But I heard the news about our new co-champions. Oh, yeah. That's got to happen. I can't oh, wait. God, it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. I'm super into it. I'll start watching again. They aren't there yet, but although the weird thing is, is that people have talked about this before, but in the lead up to Royal Rumble, all the way through WrestleMania, Raw usually gets really good and SmackDown starts to suffer. And SmackDown's starting to suffer, and Raw has been getting really good. And I think it's just because Raw is made just to hype up big moments. Yeah, well, they're like the flagship, right? And SmackDown's more experimental. As you get close to the Royal Rumble, there are more big moments that are going to happen. So all of a sudden, it's really good that they have a roster that's like... Braun Strowman and Asuka and you know because you're like oh all of this exciting shit could happen yeah the slow weekly build of Smackdown Live then starts to crumble because you're like what's gonna be the big moment on Smackdown Live is it gonna be uh I guess Baron Corbin versus uh oh man like there's okay great Sin Cara <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no 
It's going to be Jinder Mahal defending his championship against the same guy he defended his championship against on the weekly show three times. Well, no, now he's trying to win the U.S. championship. See, that'd be fun. That'd be great. It might legitimately be Xavier Woods versus uh, Jinder Mahal. And that oh, could be yeah. kind of fun. But I heard about the Xavier Woods thing, too. That's kind of interesting. I like that. You watching 205 Live? Nope. Sorry. I really worked a lot this week. <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of shit. Oh, well, I watched some, I watched a new old computer repair guy. A different guy than the guy that you saw. A different guy. He's great. Before we watched Wrestle Kingdom, Alec and I just watched this guy who apparently lives semi-close to us, who just goes to the dump and finds old Max and Tandys and tries to get them to boot. It was really fun. <laughs> Yeah, I found another guy that does that. Only he does it in the bottom of his, in the basement of his house, and it's a gigantic fucking space just full of, like, all these ancient... Oh, my God, it was awesome. All these old computer guys complaining about Linux, and I'm sitting here like, well, maybe use a mouse that's not fucking 20 years old. I guess that's kind of like 205 Live. Yeah, kind of, right? <laughs> Shit, I should really watch 205 Live, though. I can't wait for that one week when it's going to be like, did you watch SmackDown? No. Did you watch Raw? No. Did you watch 205 Live? Yes, I did. Bam! Just like that. That's all there is to it, Dustin. That's all there is to it. You watch any Sailor Moon this week? Of course. <gasps> Don't have a cow? It's Greg Part 2. The Return of Greg. Ooh. If you're a Sailor Moon Return fan, of Greg. you know who Greg is. Or you might not, because... Honestly, he's only in these two episodes. Wasn't he away in Mexico? <laughs> yeah, he's back. Great. He's back from Mexico. <laughs> he's back from Mexico, and he's got a whole new attitude towards the belt. Porangira! <laughs> How about we get onto the episode? Yes. We're kicking off with a special announcement from... Our new heads of NXT, Undisputed Era. Welcome to 2018, boys and girls, the year of the Undisputed Era. The greatest tag team ever to grace the halls of NXT. They're at Center Stage Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. But before we get in, we've got a couple of like ground rules to cover. Okay, number one, sanity. They beat them already. Who cares? As far as I'm concerned, that's just the beginning. Number two, Aleister Black and anyone else that stands in Adam Cole's way? Eh. I will end anyone who gets in my way of becoming your next NXT champion. They're not going to last. They're going to get destroyed. They're going to get taken apart piece by piece. And, 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 and they're just going to rule the whole roost. And tonight... They're going to take out Sanity once and for all. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. You thought little, like, jerk-offs were ruining your year in 2017? You can go fuck yourself. 2018 is here. 2018 is the year of the little jerk-off. That's right. That's absolutely right. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be a great year. I'm looking forward to it. They're at Center Stage Theater which is in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, I'm reading Tristan's notes, so I actually kind of know where things are. Um, this is a place where WCW used to record, which is something that Morrow brings 
to light. Gives them a little like shout out. The yellow and black brand is here. I like that he's calling it a brand. They don't usually call NXT a brand. I definitely feel like they're about to start pushing it as they really are. Yeah, this is the WWE for indie shows. If you want a WWE with an indie show feel, this is where you go. This was a super fucking indie crowd. They were smarky as hell, especially in the last. I mean, at the very last match, I'm going to probably have more to say about that, but. This was a real indie style show, and I thought that was kind of fun. They weren't the kind of aloof smarkiness. They no. got into a lot of it. Yeah, they dug the gags. They shouted out a lot of things, but they weren't just doing like, oh, blah, blah, blah. They were shouting to the wrestlers, and they were saying things that were like, we know who you are, and we know your shit, so do this or do that. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Our very first match is Shayna Baszler versus Dakota Kai. Holy shit, that intro though, right? Wow! We finally get Shayna Baszler's entrance. This is the first time that she's formally been on NXT. Yeah! And I really liked it, except they don't tell you it's Shayna Baszler's entrance, and it just starts off with horses neighing and hooves. I loved it. For a second, I was like, oh, is this like a new cowboy wrestler? I'm really into yeah. this. But then she comes out and I'm like, oh, four horse women. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I had no clue what this was until she came out. But this was so much fun to hear. And I love the the future implications of this. Can you imagine uh, Peyton Royce and like Ember Moon cutting promos on each other and then you just hear fucking horses? That's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. She comes out. She's basically already a fucking wrestler. Holy shit. Yeah, she is so comfortable in this character. Everything outside of the ring is perfect already. It's just perfect. The way she looks, she mugs at the crowd throughout the match. She's like, she's nasty. She looks like she's really nasty. You know she picked that black mouthpiece because she's like, this makes me look gross. She's really good. When Dakota Kai is coming out, she starts smiling, and it's this big, toothless smile because of the mouth guard, but oh, she yeah. keeps her eyes really closed. She looks like she's there to kill somebody. She looks like a fucking shark. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white, and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. Her reactions are great. Her gear is fun. The little ace thing that she puts up is great. Yeah, she makes a spade with her fingers. Ace. Yeah, right, spade. <laughs> I can't think of spades without thinking of aces because of Motorhead. Thanks. Her crowd interaction is great, too. She comes out, people are booing her instantly because she choked out Kyrie Sane because she's mean. And... And she is looking at them, mugging them. But not only that, she's smirking at them. She waits and she hears something like, fuck you, or like whatever. And she looks directly at the person. She's like, yeah. She really displays a ton of character. I don't want to sound like a jerk or something. I don't know her. Maybe she's really mean in real life or something because it, it's very convincing. <laughs> it's better than the regular wrestling caliber acting. It's, it's really good. 
there is the video that Shayna shot herself at the performance center. As Dakota Kai is coming out, they show this video. She's at the performance center. She looks into the camera and she's like, these fucking idiots think that they're going to learn how to wrestle. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. She walks up to one of the rings and there's an instructor teaching somebody how to how to do a chokehold. And she goes, hey, I'll do it on you so that you can see what it feels like. So you'll you'll know how to do it. And the girl's like, um. OK, I guess. No, I mean, that's actually pretty good. I mean, you could learn something. Shayna Baszler gets into the ring, hands her phone to the instructor, starts putting on this chokehold, and the girl immediately taps her arm. She's like, oh, you thought that I was going to let go? No, fuck you. Takes her down <laughs> to the mat. She's about to pass out when, like, enough instructors come in that she lets go. And then as she's leaving, she goes, good luck with your training. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's good to see that her promo skills are also going to be fucking fantastic. So she's clearly a face, right? Because she just wants to help people get better at wrestling. Yeah, and also because, you know what, there's horses. <laughs> she loves pretty ponies and helping people <laughs> succeed in their dreams. Yeah, and she's really concerned about tooth health. Okay, everybody, it's time to brush your teeth. She uh, squashes the fuck out of Dakota Kai in entertaining fashion. There's not fantastic wrestling per se. And honestly, Baszler's a little slow on things. She's a little slow on like grabs and stuff like that, but it's a really good match. It she looks also great. punts Dakota Kai in the stomach though. So that's what I'm saying. She's, she's establishing. I'm not necessarily a grappler yet. I'm going to just do a lot of great strikes. They're going to look fantastic. Dakota Kai runaway star of this match because you can tell she's got to be double-jointed or something. She's oh got to be. God. Because she is just like, hey, check this shit out. I want you to fucking destroy my arm. And it looks nasty. It's basically the same spot that Pete Dunn did to Tyler Bate a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But instead of being used to break her fingers, they just do a close-up shot of this. And it's like, oh, no. Shayna Baszler just dislocated her elbow. You can see the way her shoulder rotates. It's really gross looking. It looks like it really hurts. It happens once. It happens live. And Moro screams. Oh my, oh my god! Yeah. And then Dakota Kai starts selling it as a legitimate like, career-ending injury. She isn't just selling an injury. She's like... Yeah. screaming and freaking out and the ref is worried it's it's fantastic while the ref is checking on her let's just show you three other angles of this heel stomp to the back of somebody's elbow and yeah. every single angle is worse than the last one i know and they do it in slow-mo you can see everything i was especially horrified at the shoulder because i know i can't do that with my shoulder so you've got to be she has to have something and there was a lot of arm work during this match. Like, she was getting her wrist bent. She was getting her elbow. When it came to her elbow getting twisted when she was locked up in the very beginning, it looked crazy. It looks great. I think Dakota Kai is probably just like, hey, I'll do this with you. 
trust me, I got a great elbow for it. I could fucking do it. Yeah. Because, like, she really goes for it, and she sells like crazy, but also you have to have, like, a lot of confidence to fucking, you know, allow somebody to do that to your arm. Just fucking just like, stomp on my elbow as much yeah. as you want. Oh, my God. Yeah. The ref almost immediately calls it as a stoppage win for Shayna. Dakota Kai isn't going to be fighting anymore tonight. I want to see Dakota Kai in a cast or something for next week. Like, I actually really want to see that. She does show up in a sling in a backstage segment. Really? Oh, tonight? On YouTube. Oh, shit. See, I don't watch it on YouTube now. Fuck. Oh, well. I'm sorry, guys. I'll let you down. Shayna smells blood in the water. She isn't going to just take a fucking stoppage as a win. And she goes for the submission chokehold. And it does not look good. Don't seem to be living at all when it come at you. Till it bites you. And then the eyes roll over white. And you don't hear nothing but the screaming and the hollering. What are you doing? Hmm? Are you doing the speech from Jaws? Um, Are you doing Jaws? We don't have time for this shit. This is serious. Look. Oh my god. Dakota Kai, again with the excellent selling, does not even use her arm, her injured arm. She's just pulling with one with one hand. Who should appear but a decidedly non-fantasy Ember Moon. Thank fucking God! She's in ripped jeans and cowboy boots, and she is ready to fuck somebody up. Yeah, she's wearing one of those weird fucking bandana shirts. I hate those, but whatever. She storms into the ring, and Shayna Baszler does maybe my favorite tough guy heel move, which is... The hero shows up, and you immediately get out of the ring and go like, "Hey, I'm no problem here. I'll, I'll yeah. go away. I'm not the even going away because smile. I'm afraid of you. I'm just, I'm just over this now. Like it's so good. It's it's really good, and I love the way it makes Ember look. It both makes Ember look so strong and tough, while not making the heel look weak. Because you can legitimately be like. Oh, Shayna Baszler could have taken Ember Moon. She just yeah. chose not to. And it's like such a bullshit. That's the logic that's happening in the heel's head. And you can see it on her face. It plays out. It's great. For a split second, she looks actually worried. And then she's instantly like, eh, whatever. I was done anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> Shayna Baszler is already such an amazing heel. And Dakota Kai is kind of the Bailey that NXT is probably missing. Yeah, I can see that. The super positive figure that loses, but also, like, tries her hardest. She really has a wonderful place as enhancement talent. You know, one of the first things she does, she gets in the ring and she's doing all these poppy little fun moves for the audience yeah. and then she turns to Shayna Baszler and points to her eyes and points to Shayna Baszler's eyes in the like I'm watching you motherfucker move and you yeah. kind of buy it you're like oh she's happy and fun but she's also like here yeah, to kick she's some confident ass. she's here to wrestle and it, it came at actually the perfect time for me because I was watching her come in and I was like she's so bubbly like can I even believe she wants to be a wrestler and then she did that and I was like oh okay cool yeah I'm in I li I liked her a lot Later, the camera crew catches up with Shayna Baszler, 
and they ask her why she attacked Dakota Kai as viciously as she did. But before she can answer NXT father figure, William Regal shows up to tell her how disappointed in her he is. If she wants to get ahead in NXT, if she wants to get an NXT Women's Championship match, then she's got to play by the rules. And being that bloodthirsty doesn't help her out at all. Attacking people from behind. That is not going to get you an NXT Women's Championship match. Are we done here? Shayna walks away as though she's like, fuck you, I've watched wrestling. This is definitely going to work. <laughs> yeah, Ember's going to call me out. I don't have to get your approval. I just have to get Ember in the fucking ring with me and... I keep breaking her friend's arms, and she'll have to do it. <laughs> it's pretty good. She's awesome. I'd love to have, like, a stable with her and Kevin Owens and, like, you know what I mean? Like, just mean, cool jerks. This episode is definitely the episode of father figure William Regal. Every yeah. single wrestler interacts with William Regal and every single face wrestler that interacts with him he's like oh I always knew you could do it and every single heel wrestler he's like you've really let me down I don't like what you're doing <laughs> you're gonna have to smoke a whole pack of these now we also get a follow-up on the NXT YouTube channel it has Dakota Kai crying in a sling backstage Christy St. Cloud asks her about her condition and she goes, it sucks and it hurts. And she says that she doesn't know what Shayna is trying to prove, but that she's just a bully. If I were going to do a fantasy booking after this, I would have Shayna go up against Ember. I would have Ember beat Shayna because Shayna doesn't know all the wrestling stuff yet. Right? And that makes Ember look really strong. And that makes Shayna believably like needs to work on it. Have... Dakota Kai watching the match with a cast and then have them do a program where she tries to get back at her. I might even suggest you have a couple of Shayna Baszler Ember Moon matches. And oh yeah, why not? Maybe the first couple Ember Moon wins purely by rules. Oh, that might be good. You yeah. do you do what is usually a heel thing, but you have Ember Moon like purposefully win by disqualification because sure. hey i kept you out of the fucking ring you don't know what the fuck you're doing right and then that gives a reason for a Shayna baszler to say i want a no disqualification match and b Shayna baszler to then try to dismember ember moon yeah but i'd like i feel like i feel like Shayna baszler is too new and hot right now to give her the belt like immediately. I think that's weird. You know what I mean? I want, I like what you're saying, but I want her to also lose that. So then what it really should be is Ember wins once on a disqualification. Yeah. Shayna Baszler wins once on a disqualification, but doesn't get the belt. Mm. And then Ember Moon wins clean in a no disqualification match. Yeah. I almost would like to see it more like, to make Ember more dominant and have Shayna lose once on DQ and once, like, clean and no victory. Because then I'd want her to start a program with someone mid-card or low-card like Dakota Kai where she could just beat the crap out of her for a bunch. 
and also at the same time like you can put a little bit more of a spotlight on somebody who's clearly an amazing worker who's double jointed and not afraid to use it <laughs> yeah you got to remember everybody wants to be top dog but there's something really fucking cool about being that guy that always gets really fucked up everybody loves cheeseburger yeah everybody loves cheeseburger <laughs> oh my god it would it would kill to be the cheeseburger in nxt that would actually probably be pretty cool Next, we get an Authors of Pain promo. Holy shit, it starts off with Razar speaking English. Yeah, I wrote down the exact same thing as you. They almost speak English. <laughs> AOP, the most brutal force in NXT. They're in a weird hallway in the guts of this arena. Razar walks up and goes, AOP. He's the most brutal force in tag team wrestling. And then speaks in his native language for a while. Akam cuts in. He speaks in his native language for a while. And then ends with... Winners will suffer. I think he said winners will suffer, which... He did. Because he was talking about the title match that's going on tonight between Sanity and Undisputed Era. I think they say era, and I think they say sanity at one point. Whoever wins tonight will suffer. Paul Ellering cuts in to say, they don't care when, and they don't care where. Sanity and Undisputed Era, we want our titles. This is actually a really cool promo. I like this a lot. I'm there for it. I like AOP trying to speak English and then doing the foreign thing. I love that they have a manager, and obviously they have one of the best managers in the business because Paul Ellering is awesome with his weird doom and gloom books crap. But he's really good with his, like, just... He's really good with staring into the camera while his boys talk in some language and just being like, yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a face like a fucking skull, so he yeah. really just needs to stand there. I think he owns a, like, diner or a fucking Cracker Barrel or something. Just know that every once in a while, somebody's pancakes get delivered by that skull-faced man who's like, Do you need some more coffee? And it's Eric Young who gets it, and he says, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. that's stupid. Uh <laughs> Next up, we have match number two. It's Cassius Ono versus Raul Mendoza. I would say a fairly standard match that was still really fun to watch. I liked it. I liked it a lot as well, and I want to point out that my boy Raul Mendoza got a headshot. He has a headshot now, so he can go into the interstitials between the commercial breaks and stuff. Let's go, Raul. You're on the way up. 2018 is your year. Do you mean a render? Sure. Wait, it's called a render? I believe so. Is it like CG? No, I think that that's just the slang that some fucking smarks picked up a while ago. That's stupid. I don't like it. We're going to use headshot like everyone else. It's called right? a headshot. It's good enough for Kmart. It's good enough for us. Although, to be fair, because of Cassius Onho's new finisher, I thought you were talking about something else when you said headshot. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> 
It's like, not everyone's Johnny Gargano, dude. Maybe don't do that on everybody. Cassius Ono's new finisher is the flying elbow to the back of the head that they're calling the high tension that he first did against Johnny Gargano. I'm sure it's a lot safer than it looks. It must be. It must be. If that's going to be his designated finisher... Seth Rollins no longer does the curb stomp. Like, what the I fuck? I bet he just, like, clips him a little bit. And, like, he just doesn't even, like... I bet he leans the opposite way, so they're getting, like... Or he, no like, ass. goes for the top of the shoulders. Some, yeah, it's gotta I don't be know. Something. I still think it's... Because they're not even facing it. That's the thing. That's how Paige got fucked up, was she wasn't even looking at the dropkick. It makes me nervous. That being said, I like it a lot more than his rolling elbow. Yeah, it looks fucking sick. <laughs> it looks like it would I mean, kill right. somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks great. Um, It's kind of too bad early on that Raul Mendoza doesn't get a bigger pop. There's a small boo. Oh, I didn't hear the boo, but... I'm happy enough. That's fine. Booing's better than nothing. A lot of this match was weirdly them rolling around on the mat. Not a lot of big bumps as much as, like, good countering and you know, rolling out of stuff. And there's a lot of nice storytelling where he learns to adapt to Ono's power. Cassius Ono keeps catching him out of moves. And so he starts going for moves that he can counter into other moves so that when Cassius Ono catches him, he like goes into a head scissors or something. In this one, it's really all about like technique versus power because Mendoza displays a lot of technique. He's the one getting almost all the reversals in. He's the one who's turning like... Ono's offense into his own offense and then he even gets his own little time to shine when he knocks Ono off kilter and he's like well I'm gonna do my fucking offense this is what his offense looked great too now we're gonna move on to a Zelina Vega promo yes it's a press conference in the hall super excited about this it's really fun so it's not on the loading docks no no no. it's not on loading docks is it no, it's just a hallway. I didn't think it was in the loading docks either because I was looking for loading docks, but I figured since we we're in a different place, we'd never see them. And I believe there are no promos in loading docks on this episode. That's how we know we're not at full sale, guys. She's talking about how Johnny Wrestling is a fraud. He's not a hero, he's not a sweet boy. He's not everybody's favorite little baby that they want to cuddle up with and, like, give him milk. No. Fuck Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano is an opportunist who uses others to get his uh, comeuppance in the ring and and, and get his, like, uh, get his, not his comeuppance, to get his opportunities. To get his glory, maybe. To get his glory in the ring. That's what we're going to say. And she gives these very compelling examples. And by compelling, I mean, no, they're not compelling because I was watching the wrestling matches and he has a lot of heart, Zelita. But I can see what you're trying to do. I get it. I get it. He shouldn't have even been in that number one contenders tournament. He got there by fluke accident, by luck. What a monster. And then also when he got that spot in the four way, he let Dane and Lars do all of the work. So he's just like, coasting on the labor of others he's a regular capitalist she even brings up him being tag champion and was like he didn't get there on his work implying that he only was tag champion because champa was there 
such a big fuck you. It's a super fuck you. But it's also kind of cool because <laughs> Champa's really good. Champa <laughs> so is really good. So it's actually a pretty interesting... It's a pretty interesting angle to take, and I kind of like it. It also teases the future obvious Champa involvement, which I really hope now. I know it's so obvious that they might just fuck with us and not give it to us, but I hope that they give it to us because I just can't wait for it. It's going to be good. I like that she's like talking up Andrade, but I also like how nasty she is for Gargano. It's really cool. She's also slathered in glitter makeup. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I think I just don't notice glitter makeup because you were talking about this last time and I just didn't. She's also wearing a leather motorcycle jacket. I did notice that. I love everything about Zelina Vega. I love it. I love also that she's like, you don't get to be successful like me by telling dum-dums with microphones what you're doing. She goes, Andrade has beaten him twice and he's going to beat him a third time. And they go, oh, how is he going to do that? You don't get to be successful in business. Like I've been <laughs> successful in business by giving away all of your business secrets. She's really, she's really excited to talk about her business. I love it. Because love she it. always says successful in business. It isn't, yeah. you don't get to be as successful as me. It's, you don't get she's to be as successful in business as me. I, I... I love everything about this person. She is the greatest. Her interpersonal relationships are crumbling. She's got a shitty house. Her car is always she breaking down. She never sees down. her kids anymore. But in business? We're talking about business? I'm <laughs> successful in business. <laughs> it's great. She's like, my secret is I bring my own lunch. <laughs> Shit, I shouldn't have said that. I'm giving away all of my business secrets. Ah, crap. Oh, no. We're then promised a response from Johnny Wrestling. But who should interrupt but the Velveteen Dream? Oh, yes, he's back. This is so great. Speaking of what's NXT fashion podcast. Oh, those earrings. Velveteen Dream has, what were they, like feather earrings? It, it was definitely bird-flavored, whatever the hell it was. They're like a metal dream catcher with a gemstone in the middle and then three feathers oh. dangling from the bottom. Oh, He's got the big Tupac bandana. Yeah, but it doesn't cover those sweet, sweet hairs. You know that. But mm -hmm. his high-top fro is still kind of sticking out the top. And then, you know... This is just his around the arena wear, so he isn't too flashy. He's just in a really nice cable knit turtleneck. Oh, he loves those turtlenecks. And a little suede jacket. Just keeping it real <sighs> casual, you know? He looks like a King of Fighters character. <laughs> he looks fucking fantastic. And he's clearly so happy to be back. Velveteen Dream basically just says, yeah, you beat Cassius Ono. Some guy. Say thank you. Say thank you because you got lucky. You beat a guy named Cassius Ono. Well, as I say guy, because Cassius Ono does not look like a superstar. And it took you 20 minutes 
to beat a guy named Cassius Ono. Now calm down, okay? All right? He's fat! They say all men are created equal, but you look at Cassius Ono and you look at the dream and you know that's not true. <laughs> that's totally it. I mean, that's it. <laughs> he oh. goes, it took you 20 minutes to beat Cassius Ono. It would have taken me 30 seconds. I loved it. You were only in the tournament because I got injured and you stole my spot. And nobody steals my spot. You think you could have beaten Aleister Black and I couldn't? He goes, you suck. Everybody knows you suck. I'm the best. I'm the <laughs> Velveteen Dream. Fuck off. I loved this. Want to point out one important thing. You're saying I. You're saying me. You're saying my a lot. I heard a lot of the dream. Of course, I hear a lot of, of I and me. That's you know, it's just 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 a little nerd point there. He's got that dissociative thing going. Yeah, and there was this like repetitive thing going on with his speech where every time he made a point that he thought was particularly good, he said, "You know it. The dream knows it." <laughs> and it was amazing. I loved him playing. He almost like played psychologically on the Johnny Gargano character to see like, hey, Zelina Vega might be gone after this little feud that you have with Almas, but you're still going to get the shit kicked out of your brain by me because everything he said is you ain't shit and you know you, you know you're not shit. Also, here's the thing that I really liked about this. Johnny Gargano almost starts staring off into the middle distance but then yes. Velveteen Dream pushes it just a little bit too far and all of a sudden his eyes snap to Velveteen Dream's face and he's angry. And I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good yeah. because he's almost back to that like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe I do just luck into everything. No, fuck this guy. <laughs> what the fuck yeah, are you talking no, about? It's good. I can't wait to see like the psychological warfare that dream enacts on Johnny Gargano. This is going to be really, really fun. This is going to be great. This episode does so much shit where it just opens up a million new possibilities for somebody. I don't know how they're going to take this. Is Velveteen Dream going to try to challenge him next week for the number one contendership? Is Velveteen Dream going to wait until afterwards? Like, there's so many things that could happen. Yeah. Champa really comes back as a this. tag team with Velveteen Dream? <laughs> and Zelina Vega's managing them. That'd be a pretty baller fucking tag team. That'd be awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> we could finally see Paul Ellering versus Zelina Vega. <laughs> we now cut to the Street Profits. Yeah, they're doing like a street talk thing. <laughs> they're doing their street talk, but it's just basically walking through a back hallway of this arena, accosting random people. It's a Street Profits promo, right? Wrong! Because then they realize they aren't wearing enough gold. And holy shit, it turns out to be a let's barge into William Regal's office and demand the titles package all along. I can't believe it. It's so ex it's so great. William Regal has a table that has a black tablecloth over it and like maybe 8 to 12 bottles of water. 
Those Hollywood shows are so incredibly detailed. They're trying to shoot on the venue or something, maybe? Because he's like, he offers them water. He's like, it's very dry in here. And then Montez Ford is like, it is dry. He he doesn't do his voice. He doesn't do Montez Ford voice. He just goes, it is dry. It's very dry. I feel like they're probably shooting on the venue, right? Like, is this some sort of weird, right? Or is there something else going on? Am I just not a nerd enough to know? It's completely under set designed. It doesn't even have the stupid lighting rigging that they usually do to be like, oh, we're, no, they're just in a random room. Well, I mean, he can't have his regular office. They're in, um, wherever the hell they're in. They're in WCW now. Montez Ford keeps touching the camera. And for some reason, every single time he touches the camera, William Regal looks at it and smiles like he's a three-year-old using a computer. He's like, oh, hey, camera. I think it's because he's like, it's the novelty of being on a talk show or something. You know, like, because it's supposed to, they're still pretending like it's a talk show instead of just some weird backstage promo segment. He isn't like, oh, a camera. I've got some stories to tell you. No, to date the fairy cost a nickel. And in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. Yeah, he's not like, oh, I've been getting followed around by documentarians my entire time as uh, WWE whatever, as NXT guy. NXT ma general manager? General manager, sure. Whatever. Give me a wrong buzzer. <laughs> I'm racking them up. Some enterprising young fan out there is probably keeping a tally of how many buzzers each of us is getting. You're obviously in the lead because the system is stacked against me because you edit the episodes. I control the levers of power. Much like yeah. William Regal, who, after the Street Profits ask for a title opportunity, he goes, that's wonderful. I love you guys. You know what? Next week, you're going to have a match for title contendership, and hey, it's going to be against the Authors of Pain. What could go wrong? Yeah, they love this, too. They're super into it. Montez Ford is like, I love the way you think. <laughs> we're undefeated, so obviously we're going to continue to be undefeated, and not like, oh, we've never really gone up against people who... Had names. <laughs> could kill somebody. Yeah. I'm used to going up against NWO Jason. Is NWO Jason on Authors of Pain? <laughs> is Electrician's Tape Guy on Authors of Pain? I think we faced them Which last week. Which one of week. the Ely Brothers is one of the Authors of Pain? I forgot. I can't wait for them to show up and have the Authors of Pain just demolish them and be like, what the fuck is this shit? I want to see Montez Ford take the pin, and then as soon as the guy gets off of it, make him a razor, he just kips up and he's like, what? <laughs> Wait, what just happened? Because we all know that the Street Profits are a completely invincible force. Like, they can't ever be hurt or injured or tired. So, he will pop up after the pin, but I want him to be completely surprised that they lost. Just flabbergasted. I was trying to do a two-minute handshake with Angelo Dawkins, and something hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> Why didn't you guys wait for me to finish my handshake? Or, like, maybe now that they're actually serious tag team, 
the ref counts him out for both being in the ring and they're like wait there's a rule there's a rule where you can't be in the ring together when when did they make this that isn't rule fair to us it wasn't fair when you never counted us out before because now we're just not used to it <laughs> tough love guys you should have been counting us out what the fuck the next thing has two guys that I kind of like, even though Leo Rush has been a big pee-pee on Twitter. But it's fine, because he'll he'll work it off. He's like 20. Who cares? They even say how old he is in this. I think they said 23. He's a young, young man. He'll uh he'll 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 live it down one day. But not today, because he's going up against Lars Sullivan. <laughs> Somebody still really wants to punish him. Fuck that guy, but I mean we're not making money on him if we don't put him on TV. So let's just put him in with Lars Sullivan. And he can't win. Perfect. It's Yeah, it's a great solution to a difficult problem. Leo Rush comes out. He's super over because this is a very smarky crowd. And they love his fucking like flips and runs and jumpies and rolls. And uh, Lars comes out and he does the fucking shadow spot again. I think they can just do that forever now, right? Like, yeah. he doesn't. It's never going to get old because it just looks great. For a second... You think maybe they're legitimately going to try to kind of rehab Leo Rush after his Twitter faux pas. Because he comes out and the entire commentary is like, this guy's phenomenal. He's amazing. He's great. Yeah. Lars Sullivan comes out and the entire commentary is like, ah, that kid's dead. Yeah. No, I do think I do think that they are going to try to rehab him a little bit, but I think this is part of the punishment process. I think he's got to get through Lars Sullivan first and and take a bunch of L's. I think he needs to take a couple more beatings before they're like, "Okay, you get to win against the uh, NWO Johnson." As much as I think it's lame that he was like shitting on Emma on Twitter, who's a wrestler that I really like, I can't lie this kid is super fucking talented he's really fucking good when he when the match starts and he does like rolls to get away from sullivan and he like runs the ropes and like does flips and cartwheels and all kinds of shit it just looks so much better than anybody else does like when he rolls out of the way it looks so natural it looks like he's really doing it like it doesn't look like it's like rehearsed it looks like it's something he's just fucking doing and he just pulls it out of nowhere it looks fantastic from a huge smarky crowd he gets a couple of legitimate like oohs and ahs for being thrown into the corner and flipping over the turnbuckle and shit like that was really impressive and we didn't even get to see like the most impressive spot where he like flipped out of the way of Lars yeah. because like the camera wasn't in the right spot but it was Really, I mean, like, it looked like it must have been super impressive. I don't even know how he got up to where he got up from, from a laying down position. One thing that I didn't like was Moro said that Lars Sullivan has a near genius IQ. And yeah, it felt like a real missed opportunity. Oh, no, he's a legitimate genius. He could be at MIT right now, but he chooses to do this. I would love to see Lars Sullivan in a lab coat working on robots. Or handing out business cards that say genius on them, like Wiley Coyote. Like a Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote. Super genius. I'd like to see him with a flask and a beaker. 
Um, after last week, we actually did an IQ test over the weekend, and he is a super genius. He's not near genius. He's a super genius. Sorry, we got it wrong. I don't know. There's something about that Lars Sullivan character that's just so fantastic. The idea of him being so smart and also being a brute completely controlled by his rage is just, it's great. And I love that they lock on to that. Lars gets to put on a great show of being slow. I really appreciated how well he was able to act slow. Because we've seen Lars Sullivan matches. The guy is fast. The guy is like regular speed for a giant person, which is fast. Uh, and he looks slow as fuck versus Leo Rush. Leo Rush is obviously playing that part really well. And he looks great. He looks fast. He looks athletic and agile. Everything that he does looks natural. Looks like he's not even thinking about it. But Lars Sullivan is able to slow himself down without looking like he's pretending to be in molasses or doing some dumb high school improv class. You know, he's really actually selling the size versus speed difference. And I really appreciate that from a big man perspective. You don't really always see that. Usually you see the big man just act like a fucking log. Like, you know what I mean? And then the other guy runs really fast, and it just doesn't look realistic. It doesn't look like the big man is trying to move. We finally then get a much-awaited Lars Sullivan in-ring promo. Lars Sullivan wins. I mean, I know that people have been listening to our podcast know that Lars Sullivan wins, because Lars Sullivan doesn't lose. But I will just say, Lars Sullivan wins. He lands that one hit. He's also against somebody that might legitimately be like 150 pounds to 200 pounds lighter than him. I think he's 200 pounds lighter than him, certainly. I don't even know. I feel like he weighs as much as one of his legs. Like, he, he's very small. Leo Rush is a small person. Very cut, but very small. And he runs into a clothesline, and it looks terrifying. And then he also gets the freak accident put on him and Lars gets extra height on that freak accident. He's just like, wash out. And you know, it, it looks great. Then Lars Sullivan motions for the mic. And of course you and I both go, Oh my God, he's going to talk. Yeah. It's exciting. Fuck this little dweeb. I want Killian Dane. I love the way he opens this. He says, I fought everybody that comes against me. People are booing him. I even sometimes two at a time. And I've destroyed them all with my own hands. And then he stares at his hand. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're amazing. <laughs> He's so amazing. It doesn't stop there because then in what the nobodies from nobodies watching wrestling might call subtle gay subplot. He says, Oh, yes. Two weeks ago, I felt something that I've never felt before. <laughs> and I love it because I want to destroy it. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. this is so great. It's, it's amazing. And Lars Sullivan is the kind of brainy motherfucker that you know he's reading everything into it that he's saying. And he's just into it. He bought in. He's like, everybody knows sex is a power struggle that ends in death. He's like, I'm, I haven't read my Foucault in a while, but I know all about struggles and power dynamics. <laughs> and Killian Dane, we got some fun shit to work out. <laughs> he then 
for the hell of it, does another freak accident from the turnbuckle to Leo Rush and does my favorite thing where he just starts screaming incoherently. Yeah, he sticks his tongue all the way out. His tongue goes all the way to the tip of his beard. It's fucking awesome. Um, Nigel calls him a humongous hominid. That's good. He also says <laughs> that it's going to be King Kong versus Godzilla. Should I read this stupid letter that he sent in? He sent a letter? Lars Sullivan. The Lars Sullivan letter that I sent you. Oh, that. You can refer to that. When when did you see that? Uh, I found it this week. It was on Squared Circle. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that Squared Circle are becoming Lars Marks, too. I mean, Squared Circle puts me in okay seems company. to really like Lars Sullivan online. I don't think anybody can dislike him anymore. I think you can boo him, but I think you just have to accept that he's great. Well, it's hard to because he sent a letter and photo into WWE magazine. The photo yeah. is him in an Austin 316 shirt doing the double thumbs up with his big goofy smile that he still has yeah the letter is titled my girlfriend dumped me because i love wwe that they both liked sports but she didn't like wrestling in his words the only thing that tore us apart was my obsession with wrestling and her dislike of big oily men smashing each other with steel chairs. This sheds whole new light on the Dane promo. He loves being a big oily man smashing people. Things finally came to a head when I traveled to New York City for ECW One Night Stand in 2005. Her birthday fell on a day of the trip. Of course. She took it as an insult. She said... If you go, then it's over. Honestly, I didn't care. I was never going to miss one night stand. (laughs) This is the best part. This is the best part. Yeah. After I returned home, I tried to smooth things over with her. I even gave her a present for her birthday. It was an ECW shirt I bought night of. (laughs) We haven't spoken since. (laughs) Ultimate heal i love that you can tell who the real marks are gonna be because they're the ones that have the best handle on their character yeah him kevin owens Sami Zayn, you know uh uh bailey these people that really get over with the crowd it's because they're like what would i want to see it's like I've grown up on the fucking shit so much I I can I can write it in my sleep now and I I, I just want to do that. I would want to see a man with a very long tongue and an Amish beard destroy someone and then make weird innuendo laden promos. That's mm, ah. also I'm gonna yeah. talk about how much I like to read books. That's gonna get me over and it fucking does. It does. It, it gets him over like crazy. We're hearing Lars chants at the end. It's awesome. Lars Sullivan calls out Killian Dane. And then in a move I've never seen in wrestling, they go, well, let's cut to Killian Dane and see how he's responding. 
And they cut to Killian Dane. And actually, we've cut to the Undisputed Era just demolishing Sanity pre-match. Oh, wow, that's the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era. Hey, they're scheduled to defend the titles against Sanity tonight, but the truculent trio has once again ambushed the former champs. It's the Undisputed Era! When are you three morons gonna get it? We make the rules! We follow the rules! They're hitting him with barricades and chairs and shit, and sanity is not looking good. Bobby Fish yells, We make the rules, you follow the rules. Which I love Bobby Fish. I like. Yeah, he's great. So, with 20 minutes left in the episode, and a scheduled tag team title rematch. Undisputed Era comes out and vamps for easily a good five minutes. And it seems like they're just going to spend the remaining 20 minutes of the episode gloating and rubbing it in people's faces. They're all dancing around the ring. Kyle O'Reilly plays air guitar on his belt, which I know how much you love it when Tanahashi does that. And go S. Yes, go ace. <laughs> right. It's where they say it. It sounds like, go ass. And then that works for Kyle O'Reilly because he's an ass. It, I, I love it. And I love him. Kyle O'Reilly is my fucking hero. It's only This is the second time that a pseudo heel in NXT has taken that Tanahashi move of doing air guitar on the belt. And it's great because that's such a face move in NJPW, but I feel like in America, that can only be seen as a heel move because you're gloating about like, look, I'm not even taking this shit seriously. Yeah. I just kicked your ass in the back. And now I'm... Also... Not to be too much of an asshole nerd about NJPW here, but I'm pretty sure Tanahashi never plays air guitar on the belt. I'm pretty sure even when he has the belt, I think he just has it draped on his shoulder when he does the air guitar. Because I think it's too disrespectful for the belt for him. But I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure someone could find like a gif of him doing it at one point in time. But uh, I don't remember him ever doing that. So all five of you that are listening right now, Go find that GIF. You send in that GIF and Alec will buy you a pizza. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to push back, but we have a second contest. Pizza's not that expensive. I got one of them Bobolis. I'll send it to you. You got to make it yourself, asshole. <laughs> That's for proving me wrong. Fuck you. <laughs> Undisputed Era is standing in the middle of the ring. They're all asking each other. Where's Sanity? Where's Sanity? Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, they go, well, maybe they forgot. Maybe one of us (laughs) should run upstairs and remind them that they should be in the ring. And Adam Cole sets him right. He goes, no, they didn't forget. We kicked the chaos out of them. Uh Uh-oh, I'm losing him. Time for the A material. Yeah, that's really corny and awesome. Stupid line, but it kind of works. It kind of works. Yeah, why not? I mean, you know what? Adam Cole's corny. As he's gloating, 
who should appear but the Dark Knight, Nikki Cross. My chocolate cheesecake. Oh, that's good. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's that good. Was, that's her like nickname. Oh, we brought that up a million times on the podcast. Yes, everybody knows that her nickname is White Chocolate Cheesecake. I just think that's hilarious. That's such a funny nick- nickname. She's on the ramp, and she's got three refs holding her back. And the audience is yelling, let her go, let her go. And yeah. the Undisputed Era are all in the middle of the ring, and they're all taunting her. Kyle O'Reilly keeps, like, reaching out towards her. There's, like, a hundred feet between the two of them. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, I'm almost, th- you almost got me, you almost got me. <laughs> I love him. They're all getting a real oh. kick out of her insane shtick, you know? They're just a team full of dads. <laughs> Also, I kind of like how they're setting up Nikki Cross in this situation, because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't mean to speak for you, but I think that we all believe that if those refs let go of Nikki Cross, Undisputed Era would die, right? Yeah, I think she'd probably just beat the shit out of them. I think it'd be hilarious. She's more of an unstoppable force than... Her boyfriend, Killian Dane. She'd go in, she'd destroy Kyle O'Reilly because he takes all the damage. Bobby Fish would be, like, surprised that she'd probably push him over and then Adam Cole would run away. Yeah. I, I like how they're building her because I feel like this is the first time we've ever gotten the opposite of the stupid tried and true reason that the WWE doesn't do intergender matches because it's like, oh, a woman wouldn't be able to compete against a man. That's bullshit. But now it's like, these three men, they would not be able to compete with Nikki Cross. You can't let Nikki Cross fight men. It would be unfair to the men. She's fucking fantastic. Nikki Cross gets dragged away by the refs. And Adam Cole says, like a big smarmy motherfucker, before I was so rudely interrupted, who is come to save us but our glorious British ray of light, William Regal, when his music interrupts Adam Cole. Wooly Boy comes out and he's awesome, just like always. Everybody's popping for him. He is fucking sick and tired. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. You know he would never. Manners. Remember what the Street Prophet said? Manners. Yeah. He, he could never abide by all this bullshit going on. Shayna Baszler, Undisputed Era, all this backstage drama, all this out of, out of the ring fighting, all this in-ring misconduct shenanigans tomfoolery he's had enough unacceptable unacceptable yes and he says to undisputed era because he is their dad so you think you're gonna get away tonight no you're gonna fucking defend those titles you're gonna smoke every last cigarette in that carton and then when you're done with that you're gonna fucking fight somebody i don't even know and then he is rudely interrupted by Roderick Strong, who comes out. Pardon me, Mr. Regal. I'll fight him. I wrote in my notes, all caps lock, rude. <laughs> That's rude. What a what a fucking, what a heel. He shows up and people are like, oh, yay, Roderick Strong. He hates these guys. He's going to demolish them. Yeah, he, they're excited to watch him, like, 
take on all three of them alone because that's what you think is going to happen because that's like their history. Uh, no, got the history. Excuse me, because he's clearly about to say that he's going to go backstage and find a tag team partner. Does he ever finish saying that sentence? No, he doesn't say that. He says, in fact, I'll go backstage right now. That's what he says. <laughs> so that doesn't mean anything. Because as soon as he says, nah. No man is ever truly dead. We get, we get that. And it cuts right in. Because <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the point where the production team is like, shit. There's just too much intro for this fucking theme song. Fuck. How are we going to do this when he's interrupting people's promos? I guess we'll just skip to the fucking screamo part. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Alistair Black pops out and he says, As will I, which is wrong. Because that is not what Roderick Strong was saying. Roderick Strong was saying he was going to go in the back. <laughs> so now, Alistair Black, dumb dumb Alistair Black, said he's going to go in the back too. Well, guess what? Neither of them go in the back. They go in the ring, and they just start fighting an Undisputed Era. And let me ask you a question. Was this even a sanctioned match? Uh, I think it became sanctioned, but we didn't see it because they cut to a commercial. One of two times they cut to a commercial oh, during this. Oh, God, you're right about that. Which was probably the thing that killed the actual match for me. It's so tasteless. I actually don't remember part of what's going... I feel like I don't remember part of what, what happened in this match. But that could have just been because even though I watched it very recently, I guess a lot of shit got cut off by commercials. I think you're totally right. Because they go into the ring. They clear the ring of Undisputed Era. They're the only two people in the ring. Fade to black. Fade out of black. And the match has already started. Yeah, I guess the bell rang at some point. It's actually pretty good wrestling, but... Oh, yeah. I think because of these multiple commercial breaks, because I'm saying multiple, there's another commercial break halfway through the match. Because of these multiple commercial breaks and a pretty obvious outcome, it's hard to get as much into the wrestling of it. I don't think that Black and Strong are going to get the tag titles. Yeah, they're not they're not established at all. They just come out. It's too bad that the tag division is kind of so well stocked right now because I think that they could have a very fun lethal weapon buddy cop clash of personalities tag team. But right now, yeah, you don't the need way it. that it stands now. I mean, Bobby Fish says it best. When they were at the, up on the ramp and William Regal is deciding whether or not they can enter the match. Bobby Fish is just shouting at William Regal. That's not a team, Regal. That's not a team. They all have the perfect 14-year-old trying to scream their way out of getting grounded responses to everything. The way that Undisputed Era yells at shit. It's fucking fantastic. I, I can't understand why more people are doing it you said you said that i couldn't play xbox you didn't say that i couldn't play video games i'm playing my switch it's different <laughs> yeah that's them that's definitely them there's some really good wrestling in here too there's a cool story of roderick strong knows these guys from where from some other wrestling company from independent wrestling because they don't say the name but he knows them a little bit and he counters a lot some of their shit and he kind of knows their garbage like 
uh, Kyle O'Reilly goes for like the fucking axe and the smash or whatever move on him. And, he, and Roderick Strong gets hit by the axe bar. And he gets hit by the kick on the back of the head. And then he instantly just gets up and knees him right, knees Kyle O'Reilly right in the face because he's like, no, I know what happens next. <laughs> you forget. I fucking wrestled with you. <laughs> Everybody gets good shit in. Like, it all looks fun. Black looks really good. His kicks look great. Roderick Strong takes out Bobby Fish for like a full like five minutes plus because he does this insane anchor drop kick through the bottom rope. Oh, yeah. Right that looks great. Holy shit, that looked awesome. <laughs> but as good as the wrestling is, it's obviously not the shit that we want to talk about. No, no. Why would we talk about the wrestling when the stuff that happens after is so much better? After an enjoyable match that has some pretty good minor cheating with Fish and O'Reilly, Cole finally gets involved. Cole attacks Alistair Black, who then does the Terminator walk after him all the way into the audience. Yeah, that was fun. That was a real fun. They're going up the stairs in the audience, and Alistair Black is completely emotionless, like Jason focused on his target. And Adam Cole is a fucking little dweebus. He's like scooting butt first up the stairs, and he's like, no, 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 don't, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. And the camera is following them, and then all of a sudden, for no reason, camera cuts back to the ring, where Undisputed Era double-teams Roddy, and with Black unable to save, gets the pin. And we cut to Alistair Black with the face like, he forgot to put on pants today, and he's just realized. He's like, oh shit, I knew I forgot something! I have a teammate! Fuck. <laughs> I could have legitimately won a belt today. And I forgot. Wouldn't it be cool if they didn't do the cut back to the ring and you just heard the bell? <laughs> and then it goes to the replay? Yeah. Cause you just see Alistair Black's face and then they're like, Well, while we were watching Alistair Black, here's what actually happened. <laughs> you know, the important wrestling part of this show. Here's the part where the two people who were involved in the match were beating on the other person who was involved in the match while the person who wasn't involved in the match got Alistair Black's attention. Oh, it's so great. Adam Cole really knows how to make a fool out of that serious man. The second the bell rings, Adam Cole's face goes from terrified to he starts laughing and pointing at Alistair Black. He's like, you yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> Hey, dork, you got toilet paper hanging off your shoe. You thought I was that scared of you? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not scared you of you. you part in the beginning where I said I'd destroy anyone who gets in my way? <laughs> Black, of course, charges the ring, but gets overrun. Fish and O'Reilly hold him by his arms while Adam Cole kicks him in the face yelling, You can never beat us! And Bobby Fish, like a good lackey, keeps yelling, Tell him again! Tell him again! It's a great post-match beatdown, which is, in a way, kind of better than the actual match. There's a lot of smashing. There's a lot of beatdowns. There's a little bit of move-stealing where Adam Cole tries to pick up uh, Alistair Black by the face with his boot. 
a la Black Mass. He actually does that. He hooks his chin and he like lifts him up a little bit. But he has to pick him up the rest of the way with his hands. Because I think he's wearing pants and he doesn't want to rip them. I think he's also wearing like wingtips or something. It, he's he's wearing some weird shoe that's like kind of incongruous. He's wearing those like wrestle jeans. And I know from Kyle O'Reilly's interviews that Bobby Fish routinely ri- rips those whenever he's like doing shit in them. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm sure that. Adam Cole is a little conscious of not ripping the wrestle jeans, so he just doesn't want to lift his leg up high enough. I'm sure he could do it. That motherfucker super kips like a man- monster. I would love a Street Profits Undisputed Era match that one of the comedy spots is Bobby Fish going for a super kick and ripping his jeans down the ass and... Street Profits just pointing and laughing at him. And he's like, he he has to tag in Kyle O'Reilly and he like runs backstage and comes back out five minutes later in a new pair of jeans. It's like, okay, I'm ready to wrestle again. That's good. This is good booking. Come on, guys. Get on. NXT, give us the book. Yeah, I write a great promo for Sabatelli and Moss. My favorite tag team. <laughs> we raise alpacas now. <laughs> they get along great with Moss's pug dogs. He's like a little sheepdog out there. Look at him run around him. Look at that. You can never afford our alpacas. So after Adam Cole lifts up Alistair Black by the chin with his boot, Fish and O'Reilly do their combo leg sweep flying knee, and then Kyle O'Reilly gets a chair That's so cool. at Adam Cole's behest. While he's getting the chair, Alistair Black is selling it as though he's completely out. He's he's on the floor, he isn't moving. And Adam Cole has squatted over him and is still lecturing him, even though he's clearly like completely unconscious. Yeah. I loved that. I loved Kyle O'Reilly's weird pose over him, too, where he, like, leans on him with his knee and, like, does this really, like, weird, like, angled lean. It's capped off by them unfolding the chair and Adam Cole does a slam from Fireman's Carry into the chair. They stand dominant over the once undefeated Alistair Black. And is that how the show ends, Alec? No, no, no. Daddy's still mad. <laughs> William Regal comes out, and he's really mad now because two times his acts of discipline have gone totally, like, flaunt. They've, they, they've flaunted their disrespect for his discipline twice. First it was Shayna Baszler. We done. And now it's this. How dare you beat up the guys they sent in there to teach you a lesson. So he's so mad that he's like, you know what, Adam Cole? Even though you were technically not involved in this match, I'm punishing you because I'm going to make it so that your match with Aleister Black is going to be an Extreme Rules match at TakeOver. So technically, I'm giving you more of an incentive to use dirty tactics. So fuck you. You'd never do that. It's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird punishment, right? You, who is probably most willing to use weapons or outside interference. I'm putting you in a hardcore match. How do you like that? Uh, yeah, motherfucker. Fine. Ha. 
Yeah, he's gonna be like, oh, cool, then I can use these. And he pulls the blackjacks out of his shorts. <laughs> he's like, the only reason I haven't been using these is because I thought they were against the rules. He just straps himself with kendo sticks. He comes out. Yeah. And he's just like, I, you know, I have a gun in my shoe. <laughs> I was just going to shoot him. But then I realized that wasn't wrestling. But now nah, hey, it's extreme rules, right? Yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird setup. That is how it ends. And now I'm looking very much forward to the hardcore match. Daddy's laying down the law. It's getting flaunted in his face again. This was a kind of weird episode because everything was good, but I don't think anything was great. But everything being good still put it in that, like, really great episode. There was nothing where you were like, you have to watch this episode, except if you like right. wrestling television, in which case, yeah, watch the episode. It's really good. I would say that there were some great things. The first great thing I would say was Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> yeah. I think that was great. Lars's promo was really good. Was Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano as great as Velveteen Dream slide whistling up behind Aleister Black? That's such an unfair question, because what is that good? What is as great as that? We watched the entirety of Wrestle Kingdom on Sunday. I don't think that was as good as him coming up behind Aleister Black. I mean, there's nothing as good as him coming up behind Aleister Black. Come on. But that's what I'm saying. The promos and the wrestling, it wasn't a roller coaster where you go from that's true. a like, 3 to a 9 to a 5 to a 7. It was just a straight line at like 7.5. The whole episode was really good. Yeah, I think it was really good overall, but yeah, consistent. I think Baszler's first match, though, was also really cool. Dakota Kai, very cool. I want to see some more of her. She sells like a maniac, but not for a while. I want her to have a fucking... I want her to have a cast. I want that whole thing. Well, she's probably going to Shimmer or something and do some wrestling. Because she's... I don't think she's fully signed. So she's going to go... I think she's going to go do some minor shit and then come back and be like... Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I don't know yet still. I don't remember. Like, I didn't... I couldn't tell what was going on with Mercedes Martinez. And I don't really... You know from my other podcasts, I don't really do any research. You so. do no research at all. No. Speaking of somebody who isn't or is signed, Candice LeRae is definitely signed. Yes, she is. They had to wait until after the Mix Max challenge was all set up to announce that because that would be an obvious why don't you have Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano wrestle in that for you if you're going to do that thing? Yeah. Ooh, that's right. I forgot about the mixed match thing. Shit. That'll be fun. We should watch that. Oh. Who's going to be in it? Be Becky Lynch is probably going to be in it, right? Becky Lynch has teamed up with Sami Zayn. Nice. Rusev with oh, Lana. Oh, wow. Carmella with Big E. Rusev with Lana means that she he's finally she she's finally going to get her dream. Which is when she, her dream has always been, according to this interview that they did together, where she just took over the whole interview in the middle of it. And he was like making jokes about how she's always taking over everything at home. She was like, my biggest dream is that 
I want to be wrestling, and I want you to say Lana Mashka. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh man, she can do it now. We also have Naomi and whichever Uso Naomi is married to. I'm gonna say. I want to say Jay. Oh, I was gonna say Jimmy. No, it's, I'll say Jimmy, and you say Jay, and I'll buzz whoever is right or wrong. Good plan. I think it's. I think it's Jimmy. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Jay. This might be one of the only times I get a legit wrong buzzer put on you. <laughs> the man can't beat me now. The rules are clear. That's the episode for this week. We are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can listen to us there. You can also always listen to us on MidnightZero.NYC. Hey, Alec, did you update those episodes? I did! Ha! Excellent! Go fuck yourself. You can also contact us at <laughs> what's nxtpod at gmail.com. Do we still have our promotional contest going on, Tristan? Of course, because if we didn't, I would have said somebody's name. Well, I'm just trying to find out at the end and introduce the... This is this is what you call pushing the fucking product here. We're pushing the promotion, okay? I think it's I think it. it's called a call now to action. Now we say it's called a call to action. Sure. Call to, Oh, you're such a fucking web there. <laughs> of course it's call to action for you. It's not that in advertising. Whatever, fine. I don't give a shit. Sure. So yeah, ah, the first person anyhow. to email me, we will say your name on this podcast and it will become a meme. Whatever that yeah. means is completely up to us. But we'll probably come up with a little musical bit in be before we say your name. And then there'll be like a Velveteen Dream drop where he goes, say my name. And then we'll say your name. That's true. Name, that's good. So, yeah, that's how that's you can it. contact us. You can contact me. I'm on Twitter at Enemy of Both. Alec, you got anything to plug here? Yeah, I got a Sailor Moon podcast also on Midnight Zero at NYC. Check it out under the Tokyo Tower. That's it. You can't contact me any other way. I don't give a shit about you guys. Well, this has been a blast. We got some good stuff coming up, but you'll have to tune in next week to find out what's next. What's NXT? Maybe the stupidest line, but. Sorry, my mom is texting me about Donald Trump. Hold on, I'm going to have to fucking mute this Twitter converse or this text conversation because she's not going to stop texting me. <laughs> not pro, oh. but still. Um, Yeah.